Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash deconversion. They've got over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Deconversion Therapy, the podcast. Like there's something else. It's mm. just a podcast. Um, I am Bonnie. And I'm a Karen. A Karen? Yeah, you ummed before <laughs> yours, so I'm just, oh, I'm going to do God. the bratty thing where I'm going to repeat everything. Oh, well, great, because oh. I have a lot to say. Oh, um, yeah. We are two ex-evangelicals whose parents stopped having kids after we were born. <laughs> um, so today we're going to discuss the Quiverful Movement. Um, that's the show for the week. To learn more about us, you can visit our website at deconversiontherapypodcast.com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Not dot org. Like I wanted. I wanted to seem noble, but. I wanted dot you know. A-U. Oh. What does oh. that mean? Australia? Australia. No. Just. Dot co dot UK. That's um, right. Uh, so, oh, you're going to find new things in there. You can shop, and there are stickers, and there are mugs, and we are excited about all the subtle and not-so-subtle messages that our shirts and mugs have on them. They're T-shirts, too. Please subscribe to us. You can go on there and give us a rating. Uh I guess you can write your own review and you can give us a certain number of stars, but apparently Karen is the one who knows all the details of all of this. And the more, more ratings and stuff we get, the more we get noticed by people. Yes. That you're saying, I guess you should go do that. Or I guess it helps. Yeah. It's open right now on your app. So you just touch that and then you'll see five blank stars. And that means you have to hit the five one and just (laughs) go ahead and write. Otherwise, the one through four shuts down the app. So you do, you (laughs) hit the five and then uh, you can say anything about our looks and talent in the, in the ratings. But seriously, we have always been blown away by how nice everyone is and we're terribly humbled by all that it's so super sweet yes it's it's very lovely and I every now and then just think about how that is something to be grateful for every day when I make my little lists when you do your grateful journal (laughs) my gratitude you first right I'm thankful for Karen (laughs) then that's been happening a long time Oh. <laughs> um, oh, let me let me let me just pause and give. Can I give a free plug for something awesome? Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, so I, I mean, I I won't be charging you. Thank so. you. No, it's not a sponsored <laughs> item, but um, uh, gotcha. <laughs> so if you have your computer up, which I know you do, can you open like um, open YouTube and just do the search for one word? This is. Uh, an experiment as well as a plug. Okay, so I'm going to YouTube. Right. I've got so the just, tube up. Okay, just put the word Revlon in. You know the brand. Oh, I do. Yes. 
What What's the first thing that comes up on YouTube as like a search result? Revlon Kiss Cushion Lip Tint. No, I know what you're going to say. It's Revlon One Step Hair Dryer and Styler. Okay, so that's the first name that comes up on yours? Yeah. Oh, that's a relief because I really thought that Google knew what I bought. So <laughs> it's this One Step <laughs> Hair Dryer Styler thing, and it's just a giant round brush. And then the hair dryer heat and blowing action comes out from the middle and Today, this morning, I set my phone to time how long it took me to dry my hair. It's like yeah. six minutes and three seconds. As and compared to? I don't know, but that doesn't matter. If it's seven, <laughs> it matters. <laughs> Go away, because it doesn't. Because And then I don't have to flat iron it. So it's ah, saving... So- it's saving that time and that that heat action. So anyway, I'm just so excited. How did it take them so long to figure out how to blow hot air out of a brush? <laughs> Revlon, do you hear us? We need sponsorship because oh. so Bonnie You don't. And I, was- I don't know. I mean, I'd buy a second one if I needed it, but I don't. Well, you can always give it as a gift. <clears throat> so... <laughs> Bonnie and I went to the same high school, which means we went to the same high school reunion, which is in South Florida. They have it outside, which all is like, oh, that's going to be cute and outside on the beach in a little tiki hut. And we're going to see everyone. Well, there were two problems. One, it was a tad too dark and nobody looks the same anymore (laughs) so you're seeing him in the dark too and it's just sort of like i'm you know i'm just guessing along here who these people are but the other thing was that i have a habit of like you know putting my hands through my hair smoothing it down or whatever as the night went on my hands (laughs) stopped higher and higher up to my sides because my hair was exploding. It was huge. So I went in looking like Jennifer Aniston, and then I can assure you, I guarantee. And then, yeah, by the time everyone said, hey, let's take photos, I looked like Little Orphan Annie or... I don't know. There was one time in college that uh, there was a party and clearly whoever's house it was, wasn't air conditioned well enough. And I think, I don't even think I had been drinking as of that age, but I had a picture taken with a couple of guys and my mom sees it. And I just looked rough with (laughs) like my hair wasn't smooth or flat at all. And she goes, you look like a good time girl here. (laughs) <laughs> just boozing it up <laughs> with like a big smile plastered on my face and my hair is just all over the place so yeah the woman who is doing the reunion for next year she was asking for money to start an account and I sent her a message and I said if you find a venue that's inside you can have whatever money you want <laughs> And she says back to me, what if it's half and half? And I'm like, <laughs> nope. What, half of my hair half do you want? Half inside and half outside. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, it's still Florida. I mean. And it's in the summer. Yeah. It's not bad enough being in Florida in the winter, well, but it's the I, summer. 
I don't know if I've told you, but I'm not going. I yeah, I am think you're done. Gonna, I think you're going to decide last minute to go. I I am retiring from reunions. I've gone to enough. It's getting less and less, and it's the same people. And I'm like, you know, eh. Mm, eh. You know, the funny thing is, you talk about the reunion, but we had two nights of reunion festivities last time, and you stayed forever. And I snuck out after a good two hours. Oh, I will party. I'll shut down any party. <laughs> but, uh, like, I'm just not. I don't know, just not motivated into going anymore unless there's a whole bunch of people who were not in the popular crowd, which we weren't, um, but other people who weren't, who I'm like, now that person's interesting. You know, like I want to go talk to. I don't think there's anybody in our whole graduating class that fits that bill. But I mean, (sighs) of of like, hey, you know who's going to be there? No, No, I know. It's like the same, but eh, we'll but see the other th- if they pay me to go. <laughs> They're going to. Uh, uh. Well, I was going to say, um, last week's episode, we did it on the Righteous Gemstones, which comes on again tonight because we record on Sundays because it's a holy day. And we got a lot of great response, but the best things that came out of it, not only did... The guy who plays Keith, not Keith with TH, but <laughs> Keith with an F-E, um, he retweeted us and shared our story and did all that. But Edie Patterson wrote a private message saying, oh, I've got to check this out. So it was really nice that they were so nice about it. But also there were people who were like, oh, I've never heard of it. Great. Thank you. Oh, now we're addicted. We're watching it. And I'm like, ah, I feel like a publicity agent. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. One lady said, "Um, is it okay to watch with my 13-year-old? And I said, no. Boobies. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, okay. Boobies. Boobies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and balls. Oh my God! I forgot how many dicks are there. Yeah. Oh, a lot of wieners dicks. and <laughs> there are wieners and there sure were. Uh, it's always okay. fun to say boobies. <laughs> so this one talking about boobies and dicks. Uh, this is about Quiverful, and some people know what it is, and some people don't. And we had nothing to do with it because we were just Southern Baptists who uh, pride themselves in being a little intellectual and educated. <laughs> really. Um, As far as like, oh, our pastors have to have doctorates and all that stuff. So we never did anything that was outside the norm and interesting and off to the side of things. But there are a lot of churches doing this Quiverful movement. So Quiverful is about having as many kids as you can to build up the army of God. And that's their words, not ours, because I don't like talking about armies and any of that, because it makes me think, is that why everyone is buying guns? But 
Before we get started on it, I just wanted to make two things clear before we get into Quiverful. Having a lot of kids is not negative or bad, um, no matter how much we might laugh at it in this episode. You know, people have big families who aren't quiverful and... Uh, Eight is enough. That's right. It's a modern reference. You would even say Brady Bunch, even though you've got that blend there. Yeah. Um, you've got... What's that other movie? I oh, don't know Seven Brides is. for Seven Brothers. God, no, now we're going back Steve to the, like, the 40s. Yeah, I know. yeah that up. one. <laughs> I don't uh, know. It's not Parenthood, like, is it? Nah, maybe. Oh, it's oh, it's a remake. That's a remake, too. It's like with, with eight, you get crackers. No, right. that's not it. And ten, we got ten. you get meatballs. Yeah, that's it. We got meatballs. Because it's a pun on a, on a Chinese restaurant thing. I do not think it has anything to do it, with me. The original one did. It's like with with eight, you get cookies uh, or something like that. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah that's right. I'll be funny. looking it up while you talk. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and she finds ratatouille. Um, <laughs> and then the second thing is, like, we get that many women have been hurt by this movement and many are still trapped in it. So we totally understand the gravity of what is going on, uh, especially, especially people who've experienced it. So just like our episodes on cults or conmen preachers, we like to look at the humor around the edges of things. And we hope that we get a wider audience who enjoys laughing at us idiots, but then maybe they learn about something they didn't know was going on around them, like the Quiverful movement. Like me, you when you said, let's do Quiverful, I'm like, say what? And so... I didn't know what it was until a week ago when we started talking about it. And you've been wondering what to call your brood of 12 children. <laughs> so, uh, okay, when I said the Duggars, though, did, yeah. you, did you, like, get that they were in some type of belief system that they're supposed to have a lot of kids? Or did you just think... Well, there's a family about people who have just a bunch. Yeah, I thought it was about a family that just had a bunch because I don't watch things like that. So would you like to talk <laughs> down to me further? or would No, 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 no. I just know. I know. <laughs> because, no, honestly, I will watch uh, repeats of 30 Rock just over and over again. Yeah. I don't care. No, I get it. I only watch the Duggars like three times. And the poor, you know... I don't know if these people all know that people mostly watch because they think it's a circus act. They're like laughing, maybe not laughing, but looking at people going, wow, this is crazy. This is weird. You know, all that. Oh, the Wait, what network puts it on? TLC? I think so. They They put circus acts on all the time. I know. I mean, the hoarding thing, is that on TLC? I don't know. But it's all that same genre. You're right. And yeah, like, what's that other? There's some other one about like my secret addiction. And I watched that one time when I had the <laughs> flu. And it was about some girl. And God love her. You know what she wanted to do? 
just smell gasoline oh. and then maybe lick it or something. I'm like, why is this a TV show? And why isn't the cameraman putting down the camera and going, honey, 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 oh, hold on. <laughs> right. Instead, he's just lighting up his cigarette. <laughs> so, yes, the Duggars thing. I mean, I know it mostly because of all the news of, you know, oh, they got canceled or or this one's married that one and this and that. And that's where I see it going through the grocery store line on the front of the Inquirer and the Star and magazines like that. Tell the people what the show's called. It's called the Duggars. No, it's not. Oh. Um, <laughs> you told me before. It's like 19 and counting. Yeah. So I think it was like less than that um, originally. I can't even remember. So I know that there are people who are shouting it right now right. at us. <laughs> Maybe it was 17 and counting when they started. Sure. It could have been one and a half. She had that other... Second one halfway out, and they're like, film. But we don't know what it was. But they have a bunch of them, and I, and the names are all J names. So it's That's like a Jessica lot of pressure. Jordan, Judge. Do they do that to make it simpler or to make it more difficult? Well, then they can all have monogrammed things. Good one. And then just hand it down. Hand it down. And they're all be called <laughs> the rattiest monogrammed towels you've <laughs> <Yeah>. ever seen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, um, I told you why I never got anything ma- monogrammed for my wedding. Because no. our monogram is KFC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Wait, yes, I do. I know. And I'm like, well, I don't want towels in my bathroom that are just like KFC with a twirly little thing around it. Here's your extra crispy towel. I know. Here, wash it on these towels. I stole. But when I Googled the Duggars, the first thing that came up was what happened to Israel Duggars' teeth? What? And I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know who Israel Duggar is. I'm not going to make fun of any of the kids, but that that is the number that's one. That's the first search. Googled question. Oh, no. Uh, I know. I hope he's yes. not a meth addict. We would know that from the cover of the Enquirer. Yeah. You should okay. learn that. But the Duggars came out. <sighs> I don't even know, a long time ago. But then in 2015, it was suspended because the oldest son, Josh, did this public apologizing thing because he, quote, acted inexcusably following reports that he had molested five girls. And a lot of those were his own sisters by fondling situations okay right yeah so molesting that were so in this instance that extends to fondling yes not assaulted um but yeah yeah oh my god I never thought of the difference in those two words that much well, that's Ugh. why I'm. Here. I know they're. I know they're clearly boundaries, probably. But I mean, I guess people could. I'm using the word that was on uh, Mr. Wiki 
uh, wrote this for us himself, and that's what he used. But, but we're okay, yeah. So he was like 14 okay. to 15, and if he's the oldest, then they were much right. younger and had been going on, and everyone knew about it for a good 10, 11, 12 years. Hmm. And then when I guess TLC uh, found out about <laughs> it, they were canceling it. But, you know, then right. soon enough, a spinoff started with like one of the kids of them and they could call it Counting On uh-huh. and still have all the characters in there. So, you know, they right. circumvented all of it because they knew where their bread was buttered. Or how it's buttered or something. But I read recently that Jim Bob, the father, (laughs) says that he did everything. You were supposed to say that to me. (laughs) (laughs) That when Jim Bob uh, found out he did everything right because he went to his church to get counsel. And a lot of the other people in there said, oh, yeah, that happened in our family, too. It's normal. Oh God. And so oh God. all these little creepy buggers are just, you know, not, uh, there's, we're going to get into why this happens a lot. And there's a lot of abuse in the Quiverful movement. But, um, so there were a few people who founded it. First of all, Quiverful means you know, the bow and arrow, you got that arrow holder that you have on your back. Not mm-hmm. that I do, but that people do. Um, and it's called a quiver. And you put your arrows in there. And there's like a old Bible verse that's like, great is the man who has lots of arrows in his quiver or something like that. So, you know, it started like that. It's something like the kids are the arrows and and blessed is the man whose quiver is full. Yes, that's it. Something like that. Did I ever tell you that <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> on our street growing up, remember how there were the hellion boys that lived next to me? They moved in late, as in late. they weren't there. <laughs> when eight o'clock one night. <laughs> They weren't there when we were younger, but like super young, but they moved in and they were two boys and like one never wore shorts. And the first day he wore them, it was a day it snowed in Florida, which is like amazing. Wait, specify before that he was wearing what? Pants? He just always wore pants. Long pants. Yeah. And the kids in the neighborhood, all the boys are like, you know, for some reason that meant something to them because I think they're like, why are you always wearing, you know, long pants? So the kid breaks out shorts on the day that, yeah, uh, (laughs) global warming says hello. And then, uh, anyway, I'm sitting or I'm tanning in my backyard. (laughs) Tanning. And we had a South Florida pool. And then I was in the ratty backyard part where the dog ran around. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden... And I look to my side, there's an arrow, like, 
10 inches from my chair. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa. And then I pick it out and the tip is like a metal. Sure. It's like hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So all I know is that my father said I had a little talk with them. So that, was, <laughs> that started the great relationship we had with them. While we're while we're talking about your backyard, uh huh. <laughs> could we talk about the hole? All right. <laughs> I might have mentioned before that my brother, we on our street there were fourteen boys, and me as a girl, and then you as a halftime girl. Because <laughs> your it was your grandparents lived there, so you didn't live there all the time. And so, uh, a halftime girl, great. So now I'm either a halftime girl or a good time girl. <laughs> um, but they they dug a hole because they were always idiots. That was six feet deep and like five <laughs> feet by five feet, and they box. There, which is (laughs) funnier. Like, they're like, so, um, not the most athletic guys, but not they were, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, sadly. Um, but they were also idiots. And then, but I was asking my brother, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, tell so and so about the time you dug that hole that no one knew about. And he's like, oh, yeah, so it was like four feet by three feet by, I'm like, in the back of the so-and-so's house? I thought it was way deeper than that. And he's like, oh, that one. (laughs) So later, I'm like, but wait, what was the other one? And so two days ago, I learned that my, my sandbox was just a beard. It was just a... For show, I guess, <laughs> because he said, yeah, don't you know about the hole we dug under your sandbox? And I'm like, no. And so he's like, yeah, there was paneling left over from when mom and dad paneled dad's den. So we dug, a, we moved all the sand, dug a big hole, and then put the, the wood plank stuff over it and put the sand on top. And I never knew. Put your sandbox back in place. I guess. That's so crazy. I don't know. We could have totally fallen in there. I know. Maybe that was I, sh- I he didn't say what they put in there. So now it makes yeah. me think that that was the plan. I just love time. thinking of the people who bought the house like what the hell? Oh, I'm sure they found all sorts of things like all <laughs> over. Boxing gloves. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we have to get back to people who have a lot of children. Okay. We can't wait. We can't talk about the dog and the avocado tree. We cannot. Okay, that's We're not gonna funny. We're going to make people. That's right. <laughs> it's our Easter egg. We're going to reveal later. Break open. Um, we'll talk about that one on Cinco de Mayo. That's not funny. <laughs> the dog's name was Taco. Go ahead with the quiverful movement. Uh, funny enough. Uh, okay. So back to the quiverful. They think having a lot of kids, that kids are gifts from God, just as good health or anything else 
children mm-hmm. are gifts from God. And you wouldn't say no to good health. You wouldn't say no if God gifted you with, you know, a car or whatever. So right. children are the same. So you let God dictate when you're going to have them. And as my mom always said, you know, if you're going to say, I'm leaving that to God, well, God already created your body and the body's meant to keep having them kids till you somehow shut it off. So, you know, you don't shut it off. God shuts it off. That's right. Or medical science. So there was this woman named Mary Pride, who wrote the book, The Way Home, Beyond Feminism, Back to Reality, in 1985. And it started picking up steam as more of a movement rather than just, you know, a few people here and there going, you know, I'm just going to trust in God. This became something that got passed around and taught at churches. And this Mary Pride woman wrote that um, this lifestyle is biblically required of all married Christian women, but feminism's duped most of the Christian women without them even knowing it, especially in their acceptance to birth control. I'm thinking of the friend that we had who got married really young. Didn't she have a lot of kids? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And And all of this, if you think about it, 1985, it was coming along during the era of Ronald Reagan, And the moral majority and a very, very conservative time in our country. Yeah. And the time when, like I said, we go the all cool and hit up the Christian bookstore at the mall and buy all our cool (laughs) T-shirts and our quilted Bible covers. And you could get all the books about everything there. They were coming out more and they were more easily, what do I want to say? Not accepted, but accessible. So this woman's yeah, marketing book, started. Yeah. This <laughs> book could just be it, on it the must shelf. Have become, yeah, it must have become more uh, economically friendly to publish books. Right, because more people would see it and then, yeah, pick it up and all that stuff. So it became... More and more popular, and I'll tell you about some of the the people who are leading the movement. But one of my favorite is that there's a Quiverful Digest, and it's a website, <laughs> and it says— It's only a digest? Shouldn't it be bigger? <laughs> God. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it says, quote, Grab a cup of coffee, in parentheses, or decaf tea for expectant moms— uh, and okay. sit for a while. We hope you enjoy your stay. And They're going to let her sit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, she wow. has her two minutes off. She's probably on bed rest because her vagina fell out. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, they might let me not, stop you right there. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they might not believe in contraception, but hemorrhoid cream <laughs> is quite the seller. But that whole website is all like these crazy dangers of birth control. And, you know, it's all exactly. That's the thing is, I don't know that you should scare people. I mean, if you have a belief that something is what you want to believe in, that's okay. 
You know, if you want to believe in the quiverful movement, you don't have to scare people out of, you know, doing what they're going to do. Yeah. And I think that's where it starts going off the rails, as we will say soon, because it's really about control and sadly abuse. So before we get to that fun part, if (laughs) one, if I was a kid of the quiverful movement, (laughs) <laughs> and I had like <sighs> ten brothers and sisters. I Can you would, imagine being the first? No. Yeah, because tell them what they have to do. If you're the it, first, then you get more kids coming along after you. You've got to pretty much be. Them. Yeah. 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 They're known as second mothers. It all just like folds over on itself. But I hope that I would be like. Uh, a two-thirds down the way kid <laughs> where everyone's sort of tired but they all know <laughs> you're not the, the youngest so you don't have the to only watch. way you the only way to win is to be the youngest no but they're always picked up and carried I want to be the kid <laughs> everyone's like I want to be that one <laughs> so if you were the mother of eight kids what would you name them I made my name list Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's see here. Um, there would be Raphael. Obviously. <laughs> Raphael Foreman Jr. <laughs> Martholomew. Uh-huh. Yeah. Christine. Kristen. Um, Christian. Oh, my God. Christina. You're mean. Christy. <laughs> Christiana. And Cristobal. I think it should, you should have two that it's just the accent <laughs> is placed differently. <laughs> One has a tilde. <laughs> so that's awesome. And what are your uh, eight kids named? How, how were you inspired by those names, if I may ask? Jesus. Uh-huh. That plays tennis and is a Spaniard. What's Rafa's middle name? He doesn't have one. Oh, I thought you were going to say Cristobal. <laughs> no. <laughs> <sighs> but his That's kids right. will be named that. Okay. So mine are Candy, Alfonso, <laughs> Didi, Jedediah, Roberta, Washington, <laughs> Hunter, <laughs> and Karen, too. <laughs> So I think I'm going to name them so ethnically and philosophically and politically diverse that no one is going to know like when, you know, someone goes, when Alfonso goes to the store, they're not going to know he's quiverful. There's going to be a whole confusion. So that way they can all have a little individuality. Oh, speaking of that, so I was watching something on YouTube, and my favorite thing is to read the comments where people who think that they're better than these quiverful, quiverful people, yeah. they just shit all over them. Right. And that's not right either. It's Somebody's not. comment was, why do all these names have to sound the same? And somebody said, you know, well, I happen to like traditional names rather than these quirky individual names that people can't pronounce. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So you're getting into fights on YouTube. 
over names of people that you are not related to (laughs) in any way. Yep, these are the judgments that have to be passed down. That's it. And that's why these people put themselves in a bubble so much. And so when I think of Quiverful, I always think of um, these families in long skirts and no makeup and like their kids sort of look the same. And then I found out that there's this whole uh, schooling mechanism because they usually homeschool and there's the books and the, the curriculum that they go under that also has like a uniform for when they go to their conferences. So that's probably why they all look alike in a way and end up, somewhat looking children of the Cornish because, you know, they, it's like they're, they've walked out of time. They look like pioneer kids just coming well, in. Let me chime in what I was chime reading <laughs> as far as the, the dress situation is. And it's what we've talked about before. It's to prevent the women from being a stumbling block because if they don't dress completely modestly, it's their fault that the man has acted badly and lusted after them, which makes me wonder if the Duggar kid kind of got off the hook within his family because his younger sisters were dressing inappropriately. I mean, we're never going to find out. Right, right, exactly. And they're in the house together, so they might be dressed differently in the house than they are outside. But, I mean, if I were a quiverful mom, hell yeah, I'd be wearing as much clothes as possible. Stay away from me. (laughs) Never have eye contact with Jim Bob, (laughs) Billy Bob, Bobby Bob, nothing. Uh, well, the other thing that occurred to me is I, I always get my information backwards. And when I watched the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt series yeah. and they were in the bunker, mm-hmm. the <laughs> Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne, <laughs> John Hamm's character, had them all wearing, you know, floor length, old timey little house on the prairie right. dresses and their hair was long and not necessarily, you know, modern in style. Butter churn in clothes. But, yeah. And um, I remember that was kind of a lot about what we looked like in the 85 era with a Laura Ashley dress on, super long, long hair, and bangs. There was a very cute little uh, year there. Where we we had all the and like the Peter Pan collar that came down and lots of eyelet lace and so I had this adorable dress that I thought I looked super pretty in. It was white eyelet and uh-huh. it sort of looks quiverful if quiverful look like a hot girl in eighth grade with a big <laughs> nose braces and these very <laughs> manicured tendrils to the side. I probably did it with, remember the curling irons that were like the circumference Real of your little. pinky? <laughs> that you're like, and so oh, I my mom that. could have loaned you one of her perm rods. The Tony perm rod? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. <laughs> so when the picture came out, I was so proud of it. And my brother said I looked like a Hasidic Jew. 
I was offended because of my curls. And don't you wonder, like, did he, did you know what a Hasidic Jew was when he told you that? And how did he find that out? I, I, yeah, I don't know. I wonder when we learned of things like that, because I'm telling you, I did not know, I did not know um, what Jewish people were even until eighth grade. Right. And this was because the first day of school, um, when I went to public school, you and I split off from our Baptist day school for that one year. Yeah. And I go to public school where I was afraid of the common bathrooms because the girls smoked in there. And I went to a different form of crazy Christian school. (laughs) So I came home the first day and my grandmother started quizzing me, you know, like, Oh, what are the kids like? Who did you meet? Did you make any friends? Blah, blah. And I'm like, well, there was this one kid. He was really funny. And his last name was Shapiro. And her first comment to me was, you know he won't marry you. I'm like, <laughs> what? I'm 12. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? And, he, and she's like, Jewish guys will not date and marry non-Jewish girls. And, of course, I was mortified. I'm like, why are you even thinking that I'm thinking about marrying him? So cut to our class reunion, and I find out um, <laughs> that I was telling people that story. And um, one of his friends said, oh, you know, the irony is he married a non-Jewish woman. Uh, <laughs> like, ah, all these years <laughs> later, my grandmother was wrong. <laughs> I'm going to go and tell her, you, you were wrong. I get the last word. Uh, the last laugh is mine 30 years later. <laughs> okay. Anyway, talk about more babies. So the baby thing, they also say in the movement, all forms of sex that shy away from having it to procreate are is perverted. So, I mean... Well, that's There's true. lots of positions <laughs> and incidents and uh, accoutrement <laughs> involved that people could be like, oh, that's a little perverted. But they're just saying if it's not for the meaning of having sex, uh, nope, having yeah. kids, it's perverted. If so, you can't get pregnant from this act. Right. You're disgusting, filthy whore. Seriously. So can you imagine how people would feel like, are you oh, ovulating? How they would feel about homosexuals. Oh, that's even worse. But if yeah. you're, you're in it and you're not ovulating, but, you know, the man and the woman might have the desire, then they would feel shame Is and guilt. Is that true? Yeah. Really? Listen, Wiki don't lie. But you have That's to figure, my new you know, <laughs> I, I don't know, I, because some of the things that I was reading indicated that if the man wanted you to give yourself to him, you had to do it. And he's not caring if you're ovulating. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just wants your <laughs> quiver. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, wait though. So back to the whole like homosexuality. They, the things I was reading also said that they believed AIDS was a punishment for homosexuality. Oh, because a a cure could not be found. Yeah. Yep, and it was in the time of Reagan again. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm thinking, like, what does that mean 
what does that say about cancer? What was that a punishment for? What about polio? And there are some people that do believe that. There are some churches that still do, which is crazy. And what do they think now that HIV and AIDS isn't a death sentence? Who knows how they, you know, work around that one. Did you know if you're getting treated for HIV that you can't pass it on? I did not. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I didn't know that. There you go. I know. (laughs) The more you know. That's right. (laughs) So quiverful people, uh, the problem is that they say that they need to have as many children as they can because of the end of the world or any of this kind of thing, and also to take over for the liberal agenda that's happening. So the more kids they breed and can't feed, great bumper sticker I saw in the 80s, um, <laughs> The more votes that they'll have going towards anti-abortion, the more um, people at the end times, I don't know. But someone said, let me see, an adherent wrote in Calgary Herald in 1991, children are made in God's image and the enemy, Satan, hates that image. So the more of them he can prevent from being born, the more he likes it. So well, they really believe. Sounds like Star Wars. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they don't believe in fertility treatments either. But we're going to get and hear from some people who actually have been in the Quiverful movement. And I'll read you about them. In a little bit. Well, why don't I tell you about this piece that I found from this woman who ran away from her husband? Oh, yes. Okay. So the title of this piece is called, I Grew Up in a Fundamentalist Cult. The Handmaid's Tale Was My Reality. And that's what people are calling it. They're calling it like little tiny individual cults. Yeah. Because... The man is the head. Right. He controls the woman. Then he has all the kids, isolates them, homeschools them. So it's like their own little individual cult. Yeah. And they talk a lot about how they, you know, if he's the breadwinner, these are not people living high on the hog. They're sharing bedrooms. Absolutely. So to me, these are, these are like the, the soldiers, like the, the, um, the, you know, the kids, that aren't officers in the army of God. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they they're no the say. people out there who are in it for the money. And then there are the people out there looking to populate the, the individual warriors who are going to give the people in it for the money, the votes they need. Right. Anyway, that's my sarcastic, awful, jaded way of looking at it. And right. it might be wrong, but I don't know. Accurate. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, so the women, the wives are called help meets, which I know about that. I remember cause that was always a pronunciation people used at the church. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah. 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 You it's know. supposed to be a helper in meeting the needs of mm-hmm. the man. So the women who are the wives cannot have their own bank accounts. They can't have their own email addresses. And we've even seen evidence of that with some of our friends from church. They share 
Facebook accounts? Please stop and, this. Okay. Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. But okay, I am I so sick of the one word, you know, Jonathan and Mandy. And then mm-hmm. the last name. <laughs> yep. <sighs> Oh, well, you know, but even though I've got other friends from school who I would ask back when they first got married or, you know, a few years after, I'm like, hey, did you see this movie? And the answer was always, oh, yeah, we saw it. We thought this. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to know what your husband thought of it. Oh, I want oh, yeah. to know what you thought of it. Yeah. I, but anyway, so this is, um, I'll, we'll put the link in for this article about uh this woman and I can't even pronounce what name she gave on here um you can help me out if you want to it says written by Hedinger okay H-A-E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R anyway it's not the name that she grew up with right because she grew up as the eldest daughter in one of these quiverful families. Yeah. And so she helped raise all of these kids. Yeah. And um, she went to a conservative little Christian college, and her ex-husband, he had also grown up in the same group of churches, he really wanted to be a father, have 10 kids, and to homeschool them all. So she says, when our marriage was careening to an end, we were sitting in a car outside his family's house, and he asked me if I might consider having a baby with him to rekindle something. And she said they had chosen to wait initially for a lot of reasons. The strongest one for her, she said, was that she had been raising kids for the last 10 to 12 years of her life, and she couldn't see herself having the energy to plunge back into the world of poopy diapers, snotty noses. Seriously? Yeah. So two years into their marriage, she said she had a few pregnancy scares, and each time she waited for her period, she had nightmares and panic attacks, and she wasn't able to shake that like deep terror of being trapped at home with a baby and no life outside the home. So she would wake up crying and she would tell the husband and he'd make her coffee and listen to the stories. So then when they're trying to, you know, salvage the marriage, he asked her to have a kid to save the marriage. And she said she was stunned and said, are you serious? And he goes, don't be that way. I just think that I could love you again if you were a mother. (laughs) What's the baby going to be? Jimmy Carter and like make peace between the two? It's insane. Well, so she says she was speechless and told him, get out of the car. I'm not discussing this. There's no way in hell I'd bring a kid into this mess if we can't fix this on our own. So she says it was our last big fight. We stopped communicating shortly thereafter, and the next time I had a real conversation was at the courthouse after a divorce hearing. Uh-huh. He asked, you like this, he asked me to go to lunch, and I said no, because I was running late for my gynecologist appointment to go get myself an IUD. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Like I was saying with, you know, a lot of the Quiverful, uh, they have not been down a feminine hygiene aisle of Walgreens in decades. There are yes, no Yes, they have. They had to buy pads. For they don't have their period. They oh, go, I thought I meant the kids. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> the two-year-old kids, on the other hand. Yeah. It's insane. So my whole thing between I'm sort of like is quiverful 
sort of a replacement for witnessing because I would not mind that. <laughs> when we what do you mean? You just poke them out and then that is tell them what to believe? Yes. There are your Christians that you are responsible for turning into Christians. You don't oh, have to go out right. and witness like we had to, where I just hope people would approach me and go, <laughs> hello, young girl. Hey, that pantomime you're doing is phenomenal. I now am a How kid. do I accept Jesus? Yeah, because Quiverful, first of all, they're not going out witnessing because you see— They're not going out. That's right. You see 10 duck-like figures in long skirts. You're not going, yeah. I want that. I right want there. that. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, I, for the first time— since we've started this sort of crowdsource, because I wanted to hear from real people who were part of the movement or anything like that. And so I have a lot of responses. And let me know yeah. when you're ready. What do you mean? Are you ready for that? Responses from people who were in the quiver for movement. Oh, oh, my God. They've all left. Okay. Okay. Here's just one uh, little sentence. A woman says, yes, I was in Quiverful, had a tubal reversal performed by a doctor who did them as a ministry. What does that mean? That means that in a the tubal quiver reversal. Yes. So she had had her tubes tied at one point. But how was she allowed to have them tied to begin with? Oh, before she was in the quiverful movement, wow. whatever it was. And there are doctors who untie them as a ministry, like a quiverful. Okay. Ministry. Yeah. Um, um, here's another one. She says about some other people that she knew in her community of quiverful. She said they had seven or eight kids by the time I left the church and one more on the way. They homeschooled their kids. The boys went to a private Christian high school when they were old enough, but the girls stayed home to help care for the younger kids. Well, yeah. They didn't believe in birth control, obviously, because right. it was, quote, interfering with God's plan. What I found ironic was that the mom had all these babies by cesarean. Seems oh. like intervening with God's plan to me. And because they had sliced her uterus open eight times already, she had to oh wear her belly in a sling. Oh. <laughs> and, I was like, and then she wrote, seems like maybe this was God's message to quit reproducing. But IDK. Ugh. You know, the, the don't you... Don't you think, too, like, okay, isn't there any kind of drop-off in sex in these people's marriages? That's what I'm saying, that it, it obviously— Why are they constantly doing it? They must feel that's the command, you know, to keep going, um, I guess, <laughs> but I'm telling you I don't that. know. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Here's there's like, there's no, there's no wives tale about put a coin in a jar for the first year you're married. And that's how many times you have sex, you know, every time you have sex right. and then take one out every year after and it never gets empty again. Exactly. Yeah. They just keep <laughs> putting their coins in this jar 
taking them out every year. It's the same. I know. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> All right. So then um, someone was talking about people in her church she was at. She said, quote, they just started following the Quiverful movement, and they started with the Sunday schools. So this was a church that wasn't Quiverful and then slowly right. was changing over. And um, she said, so my parents were receiving relatively normal messages in church, but I was being told that we needed to create God's army to fight against Satan at the end times and that right. stop having children was sinful. Even if you had health problems or something that would make carrying the baby to to term nearly impossible, you were supposed to trust that God wouldn't allow one of his warriors to be lost. Yeah. And I'm like, but some were. And that's, you're like, okay, that is physical abuse. You've pretty much got Neglect. sexual abuse because, hmm. you know, these men are, I don't know. I, it sounds like something with. Like, a good thing to men. I saw. I, I know they've got it made. Somebody else was writing about the concept of the of the relationship between the men and the women. And the man, if he wants to have sex, she's supposed to. And then it said she can ask for a rain check, but she's got to make good on it. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, oh. Another woman wrote. Uh, let me see. Well, she, she didn't write this exactly, but I took her things and she was talking about how she was not the long skirt wearing kind and, and the, <laughs> the kind. women and the young girls got to go to school and all that. But she was talking about how Quiverful seeps into the more s mainstream, like crunchy granola churches yeah. um, and that women who believe they should let God plan the babies and all that. Right. So it's not exactly quiverful, but definitely close. To it that. definitely seems like there's a socioeconomic coordinating thing happening. It's, it's always with uh, families that seem to be in rural areas. Right. And I don't know if that's because they moved to rural areas to have all the kids. But yeah, I, I don't tend to think that somebody raised in the middle of Manhattan would go, you know what? Exactly. Let's, except I did see something about a family in London that was following this quiverful thing. And the, even they said that, oh, we're really not the norm. Because uh, <laughs> we shouldn't be. <laughs> no judging. So this is a, oh, I am judging the men, and we can get into, I sent you this video of the Michael Pearl guy showing how to discipline children, and it's horrific. Oh. They have made, first of all, his wife is not talented in the homemaking, doll-making <laughs> arena. But they make like a flat Stanley, you know, doll with some pillow stuffing. 
And he oh, keeps it was like, like floppy and and like sprawled uh, out over right. the desk. It's on the desk, and he keeps just a whacking it, saying, "And if they do this, and you whack it, and you whack it, and you whack it, and he keeps holding it up, and its face is like mad or something. And then you whack it enough, and he turns it over, and the kid's smiling or something. And he because they're big proponents of of corporal punishment very much so what was the there was some what was the thing called their their discipline method is calling like raise up children or oh yeah raising up right 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 yeah i I guess like the verse raise up children the way they should go and when they're old they'll never depart or whatever but let's just say that's been proved wrong uh time and time again um, but yeah, they, the people who do the physical, you know, discipline, it's very harsh and horrible. Okay. So here's what I have two more, and this one's really interesting. She wrote, quote, since God is the bringer of life and should ultimately decide how many children a heterosexual couple has, any form of birth control is sinful and not used. I grew up around families with up to 12 children. None of the wives had any control over their bodies or lives. It was patriarchal, toxic, and abusive. All girls, including myself, myself, were raised for the sole purpose of continuing the movement. We were supposed to be the next Christian movement to take back the culture with our sheer number. We were also intended to take back the government from the evil liberals. What most people don't understand is that ordinary people make up the majority of the movement and were predominantly blue collar. Yep. Children with 12, oops, families with 12 children living on a single income were devastatingly poor. I've seen up to five children living in small bedrooms. The quiverful movement is also closely tied to the purity movement. So not only were we expected to grow up to have large families on our own, but we would be expected to marry the first person we fell in love with. Higher education was never a priority. The general generational cycles of ignorance, abuse, trauma, and poverty caused by this movement will take a lifetime to die out. I'm like, aww. Oh, I think she's still going. Wait a minute. Oh, this is another one. Okay, but that reminded me of, so I was watching these pro-quiverful um, little vignettes that are on YouTube, and they're talking about, like, we're so close as a family, and I'm mm-hmm. so glad I get to spend so much time with my family. And I'm like, you know what? I have two girls. They were raised non-religious. We're super close. Like, I, I you know, we spend mm-hmm. a lot of time together. That's not a difference just because you're saying you know, you're trying to say this has really made it much more appealing. But they were saying that they couldn't afford anything with all their kids and that thankfully they had a friend who wasn't using their land. So they started living in like this shack and then they build it up as they go. And I'm like, you know what? You're living off other people because 
you have that many kids and you can't afford it. Yeah, that's what a lot of people's comments were, too, on the YouTube videos that I was watching. You know, they're like, if you can't have, if you can't afford these kids, don't have them. Uh, But they're, you know, but people do that all the time. Right. So that's an age old complaint. Um, But what further to what you were saying, the person who wrote this article that I liked said that um, now we've got, if anything happens to President Trump, Mike Pence is second in line for the presidency. And so if anything happens to him, we will have a calculating and careful man who leaves a legacy behind him of Mm anti-women, anti-LGBTQ, anti-immigrant policymaking. And he's the kind of man the moral majority back in 85 were hoping to have elected. Yeah. Um, you know, based on who they rally around. Right. And it said, here's what I love that she said. The Quiverful movement was created for this kind of world. I was raised to be a helpmeet in a world um, like the woman from The Handmaid's Tale and watching white middle-class liberals around me be shocked and unnerved by the election results has been curious for me. Didn't they know this has been in the works for decades? I didn't come out of nowhere and neither did Trump nor The Handmaid's Tale. Damn straight. Very true. And so I lived in my happy liberal bubble on the Upper West Side in New York. And when all of my friends were shocked that Trump got elected, I'm like, you guys, you've got to venture out because this is not a surprise. I mean, it is because of the polls, but, uh, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that was a little startling. But also because those polls made it so when people were praying, we've talked about this before, praying for Trump to get it regardless of the polls. And then he did. They're like, yeah, it's a God thing. (laughs) Damn him. It's a God thing. Okay, so I have two more. Um, Okay. So another person wrote, one of my girlfriends has 12 children. I mean, is she really your girlfriend? Does she really have time Time. to be a friend to anyone? Okay. Um, And she's now trying to leave an abusive marriage. Oh, gosh. That particular sect of the church is a hotbed for abuse. I had my tubes tied after my third baby, but felt so much guilt because my husband had wanted more. I saved my money and drove to Memphis to have it reversed. I had a number of miscarriages and then two more babies before coming to my senses and having my tubes tied again. Oh, my God. My husband refused a vasectomy because he said he might want more kids with someone Someone else else. if anything happened to me. Thankfully, after a lifetime, I I finally left the church and uh, and the marriage. Sorry, the marriage and the church. It is true that most QF families are homeschoolers. The older kids teach and train the younger kids, just like the Duggars. And they are often, quote, dresses only. It's very convoluted, and the women have... No idea how sick and abusive it is because they are desperately just trying to please God. So they do whatever they're told. Right. Uh, Yep. You can please God and not be completely, uh, you know, 
all the way like that. Well, I mean, that's what they hear is that, I mean, it's, it's the exceptionalism. You know, we are the ones that actually have heard from God. We're the ones that really look at the scriptures and know that he means keep having children. So if children. we were still going to church and living like we were before, they would have thought that we were not pleasing God. Say, say, what? Huh? Say that so again. If you, if they were to look at you and me when we were in our late teens and totally involved and doing everything the right way, they would have thought we weren't pleasing God as well as they were. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Right. What? Well, I was just seeing like this, uh, this other new church that's opening in my area. So I live in the most churched place in the universe and it, and it's the same thing. It's like, okay, what do you believe that is not in tune with the 300 other churches in this town? <laughs> right. That you can just go, you know what? Let's join forces. Let's, let me bring. No. I know. No, because you look at, you look at righteous gemstones and then your answers are all there. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, I'm going to finish on this letter. She said we can call her Kelly, so we will call her Roberta. Okay, (laughs) so Kelly wrote, I was briefly engaged to a guy in college. He was a youth pastor. We didn't kiss or hold hands the entire year we dated because Jesus. I (laughs) broke up. We were both horny little goats, and he ended up impregnating one of the girls in his youth group. (gasps) They married because Jesus. Later in life, I looked him up on Facebook. He has a bazillion kids and requires his wife to cover her head, wear long skirts, and she can only speak when he allows her to speak because Jesus. They literally can't pay their bills and are living in intense poverty, but keep popping kids out like she's a human Pez candy dispenser. (laughs) He posts things all the time about how full their quiver is. You know, it's coming, right? Because Jesus. I'm eternally grateful that the only quivering in my house is my thighs when my husband goes down on me because Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> and seen. I wasn't expecting oh that either, but it's perfectly written. <sighs> and on that note, <laughs> please write us your true funny stories. funny stories that make us go. Jesus. <laughs> oh you my can, gosh. You can write us at deconversiontherapypodcast.com. Find us on our ever popular Instagram because I just repost other smart people's stuff on there. And you don't like Twitter. No. That's okay. People are living on there 24-7. I get on there once or twice a day. I'm like, okay, let me try and say something. And I look at other people. It's like every few minutes. Karen, you don't even know when I follow the insane Rafa Nadal tennis fans. 
I don't know when I've they have. <laughs> I don't know when they have time to do other things with their thumbs or their fingers if they're on the computer. Oh, All I, they do is just type shit. I know. Non stop. I'm like, do people have like two laptops Jobs? going? Do they have that? They obviously aren't <laughs> quiverful. Um, but yeah. Oh, that's what they should do. If I became quiverful, then I'd have my kids tweeting simultaneously. Right. <laughs> Washington, Dee Dee. Take, take this down, Washington. <laughs> Get going. Well, thank you for listening and tune in. Not you. Oh. Don't be a ship pile, even though there's so many lately, but don't be one of them. Oh, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs>